Blog Talk Radio. in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Good evening, everyone. I'm your featured host, Shaw McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow me on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. The call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal and Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. During this show, I can take questions in order in chat. And you may also call in with your questions and speak with our guests. Any buzz killers in chat or on the phone will be kindly booted out. I have a copy of your phone and your buzz thing, so I'll uh, be polite and I, call, I won't call you back and cause you any trouble. So let's play nice. Anyway, I have a few announcements to make. Uh, I'd like to wish all my American friends a very happy 4th of July. And uh, the Zero event is coming up July 12, 2014. The Cisco Grove UFO Encounter in Mexico's Roswell with speakers Ruben Duarte and Noe Torres. And it's going to be at the Veterans Memorial Complex, 4117 Overland Avenue, and that's in Culver City. It's only 15 bucks at the door, and that's going to be July 12, 2014. And uh, you can reach, for more information, you can reach them at www.cerointernational.com. And I want to say a big shout-out and hello to all my friends that are right now celebrating in Roswell, New Mexico, they're at the little Rosamel gathering and festival out there with all the aliens and everything else. So I was there the year before last, and it was really awesome. So I want to give a shout-out to my peeps because I know they're out there, and I wish I was there, but I'm going to go next year. Anyway, we have a very, very special speaker tonight. Uh, this week we have the, a wonderful 4th of July special for our listeners, and uh, we're introducing Don Baker our topic is going to be the date love, you're going to have to correct me, past incident. And it's about nine skiers that went skiing in the Ural Mountains of Russia in 1959, and all of them died the same day by unknown forces, according to Soviet Union's press agency, TASS, released in 1959. The file has been held as top secret for over 50 years. Tonight we are pleased to have our special guest, Don Baker, who's a writer-producer. And Don Baker has produced over, well over 500 radio and TV commercials and is the author of a novel going to be released uh, soon entitled Hey Jude, Beatles Take Off and one of the executive producers of The Circle. And The Circle is a film which will tell the real story of what finally happened to the nine hikers who lost their lives in the freezing Ural Mountains of Russia. And Mr. Baker says that his evidence as to the date of hikers' fate comes directly from KGB's above top secret files that his production team is able to obtain through their sources in Russia. 
and the circle is their fascinating story of the UFOs, crop circles, abominable snowmen, orange orbs, the jinn, and other creatures of the night. And at this point, I'm very excited and happy to welcome Don Baker to the show. And welcome, Don. Hello, Charlene. How are you doing on this 4th of July? I'm doing good. Uh, I uh, don't know if the sound effects are, you can overhear them, but we are having a little uh, sound effects in the background. They're putting rockets off the neighbors and everything else, so I guess we'll have a nice sound effects uh, while we're at it. So how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing well, maybe, and it could be some uh, celebration for uh, the things we're going to reveal tonight. So let's, um, <laughs> I'm, doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. You so, so much. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, so great having you on, and uh, we appreciate uh, your professional background and everything. And uh, at this point where I wanted to say that uh, your early entertainment career, you created and managed seven different fulfillment distribution centers and international companies like Paramount Pictures, Nectacolor, Teleflora, and the Franklin Myth. And you really have displayed a unique combination of operational abilities and creative marketing abilities. And uh, to combine what you're doing together, you know, you have many successful campaigns and everything else. And we're going to go uh, into that a little bit later. And uh, I also, oh, there's something else I want to be sure to say, is that you have a, a degree in journalism from the University of Oregon. And you use your writing skills for several newspapers, TV scripts, which have been produced by a Fox TV show, Wake and Rattle and Roll. And you have worked on long-running TV shows such as Cops on two different occasions, Vice President of Direct Marketing. So, Don, tell us a little bit about your family history, you know, where you grew up and what your family was like and your educational background, things like that. Of course, Charlene. Thank you so much for that um, introduction. I, I, it's, it was very complete, and um, you know, I appreciate it very much. I appreciate the opportunity, of course, to chat with you and your audience. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time, and um, thank you. Love your show. Absolutely, think it's it's an incredible thing. It helps helps get the truth out there, and that's really important. Um, you know the web allows us to do that now, so that's a great, great thing. And we'll circle back. I'm using that word, the circle, because that's the name of our film. We will circle back to that web concept again. And I know that um, you and I have talked about this many times, and um, how how important it is in terms of getting information out there and finding audiences and things like that. So we're going to circle back to that concept. But um, let me tell you a little bit about about my history, and um, if you have any, of course, questions, you just jump in, and and uh, I'll be f- happy to uh, answer them. But I uh, grew up in the East Coast, and um, you know, did went to uh, actually in Delaware, a big family, youngest of eight children, and my family was a farming family, so. Um, you know, very kind of blue-collar, uh, you know, down-to-earth people. Um, I was really the only one that went to college, and, you know, being the youngest of eight, I was, and there was seven years difference between number seven and number eight, which was me, so there was really a big difference between the older set and me. So, um, you know, grew up back in, in the East Coast and uh, ended up, um, you know, kind of, 
I turned into a writer. I, I did, as you said, I ended up having a journalism degree, getting a journalism degree. But it took a, a long road for me to, to get there. I um, actually quit college for a year and um, hitchhiked around the country, which is, you know, I left home, uh, I think I was 20 years old. I left home with a jar of peanut butter, a loaf of bread, and $5. And, um mm-hmm. You know, I stayed gone for a year, and uh, I went all over the country, and I met lots of different people, different kinds of people, uh, took different odd jobs along the way. And um, I think that kind of that sense of adventure and that sense of exploration is what I developed in during those years. And um, I did end up uh, out in Oregon, which is a great uh great place. You know, it's green Pacific Northwest. It's very community-minded. And um, I did end up out there and graduated with a, with a journalism degree, and then I started writing. I wrote for some newspapers, and I, as you said, I wrote for, um, for Fox uh, on a TV show of theirs, written a lot of screenplays, um, just, you know, all kinds of writing, and have kind of and I fast forward, have kind of uh, graduated over the years into marketing and creation of TV commercials. And I have, I do a lot of, uh, I create TV commercials and I sell products on TV and, and a lot of entertainment stuff like Jerry Springer and Cops, you know, it's outtakes and it's bloopers and Jerry Springer was an incredible property. Also, Xena Warrior Princess, I'm sure our audience knows that campaign well. Oh, yeah, um, you know, a great, great franchise, and uh, I made well, the commercials. Tell us, uh, can, can you tell us the story about the Jerry Springer thing? Because I, I, it's really very interesting. I, I know everybody would like to listen to what happened. Of course. Remember how you, was... you got the? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I started that campaign in um, September 29th. I, I mean, I still remember the the date. It was so special, September 29th in 1997. And, you know, we basically had the outtakes and the bloopers. You know, all the stuff from... Every, everybody's seen Jerry Springer's show, of course, the ex-mayor of Cincinnati. And very nice man, very smart man. Um, but we took the outtakes and the bloopers from his... TV show, and um, he, you know, he and his group really didn't think they said, well, you know, we, we certainly can try it, but I'm not sure who's going to want that. But um, guess what? Uh, we, uh, we, we, it was like food fights and people pulling hair and, you know, pulling each other's hair on the show. You know, I think it's over the top stuff. It, it seemed kind of, in 1997, it seemed kind of, um, cutting edge, you know, risque, I guess you'd say, or controversial. Now it seems so tame because, of course, our society and our entertainment in particular has become so graphic and so, um, you know, so in your face. Um, but the, uh, we made the commercials and we started airing it. And I, I of course, managed the campaign. And we, we ended up selling, um, I, I won't quote the number of millions, but we had a million customers, Jerry, but it was a very, very successful uh, campaign, and um, we ended up increasing his ratings because I was clearing 5,000 TV commercials every week around the country. And what that meant for his show, you know, it was it was airing in places like 
the Sci-Fi Channel, for instance, or the History Channel, and places that people probably never really heard of Jerry Springer or never thought of Jerry Springer, but they not only bought the tapes, you know, the outtakes, the outtakes, and the behind the scenes. They also went in and uh, started sampling the show. And his ratings, believe it or not, went from when I started in September of '97. His ratings were about three million viewers a night. By February sweeps, up five months later, his ratings had increased to eight million viewers a night. And I attribute that, of course, to all the commercials. Having I was running 5,000 TV commercials a week around the country, so it's kind of like promos. You know, I was selling product, of course. But um, we also uh, increased his ratings dramatically. And the ultimate irony, and here's the punchline of that story, is that uh, after um, when I started buying that in 97, I was, one of the things I was buying was a one-minute spot inside his TV show. And that cost 14000 It's a nightly show. That cost $14,000 a night when I started. And five months later, because of the increased ratings, that same spot cost $40,000, and I could no longer wow. afford it. So, you know, incredible, the power of television, the power of, uh, you know, mass marketing, and that's really um, what I've been doing my, my whole life, and uh, have done a lot of um, coins and colorized uh, patriotic stuff, a lot of American heroes and uh, Mission Accomplished, which just was the, uh, uh, um, commemorating the, the capture of Osama bin Laden. Um, it, it was a, a proof coin, but uh, a lot of TV stuff, a lot of commercials, and and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. It sounds like fun and very prosperous, and uh, I know most of us remember every single one of these campaigns. I do. Yes, well, they do, you know, and if you see the, like, <laughs> some of those campaigns were on um, I can't tell you how many thousands of times. I mean, for Jerry Springer, give you an example, the power of television. Uh, we were getting, we were generating 20,000 calls a day from those TV commercials for people who wanted to uh, purchase uh, Jerry Springer's uh, outtakes and bloopers and, and things like that. It was quite incredible, quite a, a wild ride, and we ended up with over a million customers. And then, of course, that's what I do. I market, so we would we would um, call those folks back up and you know send them catalogs and brochures and and um, you know they would buy other or they were interested in other uh, you know maybe the next episode or next seasons or something like that. So they continue to um, be loyal followers. So that's a big part of marketing, and that's a big part of what we're going to be doing for the film The Circle. I'll keep coming back to that. We'll be using, yeah. uh, you know, the power of um, of what we're doing uh, in terms of mass marketing on, on both the web and, and lots of other areas to uh, get the message out there, get the truth out there, and, and uh, you know, let people know, it, well, it's going to be a very entertaining story on top of, uh, you know, talking about some things that a lot of people really don't want us to talk about. So, uh all right. right. Now, Don, um, when did you first get interested in the paranormal? Well, wow. Um, it's pretty clear for me. There's two episodes, really, Charlene. Uh, the first is, you know, it's kind of something that I've always 
had some kind of weird. There's this thing. First off, I'm going to say it's very specific. That that I'll tell you something about me that I don't talk about much. But it's that I uh, there's a thing called I don't know if you've heard of it or not. I I really had, didn't know about it until I started researching it. But it's SLI, which is street light interference, and what that means is that whenever I'm around lights, I they not all the time, but when I'm emotional or when I'm charged in some way, when I'm really intense, the the lights flicker, they go out. Um, you know, the headlights in my both headlights in my car, you know, went out in the same day um, or you know a day apart, and I went to the car, car mechanic and he said, "Well, we were just in here last week." Why, you know, fixing this headlight, and why why is it out again? And I said, no, it's not that one. It's the other one that went out. So I've always known that I've had this weird, you know, thing that going on um, that is sort of unexplained, and I've researched it, and a lot of people have it. I'm not the only one, but and I, and I, I can't explain it, but if I walk under street lights and I'm upset or emotionally charged, you know, you know, half the time they'll go out. So um, that always made me wonder. But I'll tell you a very specific incident that happened to me. And it was in 1985 in Hawthorne. I was living in Hawthorne, California, which is, uh, you know, the South Bay area, home of the Beach Boys, actually. Um, And, you know, I'm a college graduate and, you know, I consider myself fairly well read. I'm not Einstein by any stretch, but, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of believe straight and narrow until I saw actually a UFO. I saw my, my one and only UFO, but it was in um, broad daylight and believe it or not, I was, I'll tell you what happened. I was coming home from work, and I was living in an apartment. I was going up to the second, to the balcony on the second floor, and um, I stopped to talk to one of the residents, one of the older gentlemen who was out. I think he was watering his tomato plants or something. And um, I stopped to say hi. His name was Ed. I said, hey, Ed, what's going on? And he said, nothing, but wow, what is that over your shoulder? And I said, what do you mean over my shoulder? I turned around, and in a distance, I'm going to say two football fields away, there was this bright, shiny, cylindrical object. It was, but it was like the size of a school bus, you know, about the size of a school bus. It was not, it was turned upside down, in other words, it was vertical, and there was fire coming out of it, and it was coming out of the top, not the bottom. I thought, well, I'll get flying saucer or whatever, you know, it's going to have fire out of the bottom, but no, this had shooting flames coming out of the top. So this object, which I still don't know what it is, I can't explain it, but it is, you know, I know I saw it, it and it brought daylight, no, you know, I wasn't drinking, I swear. <laughs> and um, I believe you. It, it, uh, it came down, um, maybe it was, I don't know, it was like, I'm trying to figure out how high, maybe it was 10 stories high, I mean it wasn't wasn't like up to the moon, like 10 stories high, maybe two football fields away. It came in very quickly to maybe one football field away. So, you know, like 100 yards, which is pretty close. It hovered there for a while. And again, Ed and I were standing there 
on the balcony is maybe 5 p.m., 6 p.m., right, and, you know, it wasn't dark. We were watching this thing with fire come out of the top of it. The school bus turned upside down with, the, with fire coming out of the top, and it zoomed in. It stayed there for a little while, and then, you know, it zoomed away, and it took maybe 30 seconds to zoom away at very quick speed. So we watched it maybe for, I don't know, three minutes or five minutes. It's hard to measure time in that, that kind of a situation. But um, very very clearly it was something. Uh, you know, and again, I wish I had the answers. That's part of the reason uh-huh. where, you know, we're making this film is to try to find some answers to some of these mysteries. I don't know what that was. I don't know whether it was our government, whether it was somebody else's government, whether it was UFO, you know, I mean, like an alien kind of thing or... Or what? I wish somebody could answer it for me. So, how did it make so you that, feel? Were you scared of it, or do you feel like uh, I have also seen this uh, something that was not it didn't look at all like that one, but it was different. But um, I, it really tweaked my brain when I saw it. I could not place it anywhere. I had never seen anything like it. Wow. And, well, you know, I felt, I, I won't say I was afraid because, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't shooting at me or anything, but it was, uh, uh, you know, I was more mystified and overwhelmed. I was kind of in awe, almost shocked, like, what? Now there's something you don't see every day, you know? And, right. um, uh, and you always discount when... You know, I hate to say this, we're all kind of, I mean, I'm a believer now, but we're all kind of disbelievers also in our heart, you know, because there's so much that goes on that you have to doubt and you have to wonder about because you, you never know where the truth is about anything. So, you know, but when you experience it yourself, that changes your mind. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of the way it, what happened to me, and that's, like I said, I don't know how what my mission in life is. Um, I've done a lot of unusual things. I've traveled a lot. I've been all over the world many, many times. And, um, uh, you know, I've hitchhiked across the country, as I said, when I was a young man. And um, I don't know what drives it, but it is kind of a search for something. I think it's a search for information. And it's kind of, I think, why I'm a writer and why I'm, why I'm a successful marketer, because I, I just seek seek things so um yeah you're a seeker is what i call people like you seekers yes well i and i know you are too because i mean you hear you are doing your show and and you're seeking truth and and you spend your hard-earned hours and your hard-earned time and energies you know trying to 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 find something too yes so um let's uh start talking about um what actually happened? Uh, because the, your movie is called The Circle, and um, there is a very strange story that uh, started this whole thing. So uh, it's it's about nine uh, hikers in Russia. Uh, it, it's such a bizarre story. Um, how did you come upon the story, and how did you start thinking about uh, this? How did it start? Well, let me, uh, that is a story. Can you just tell people the story, uh, maybe in general, and then we'll go into more details? Because um, some of my listeners may not 
uh, know about this story. So uh, go ahead. Okay, let me tell you the background of the story, and then I'll tell you how I got involved in it. Of course, you know, as I outlined, I've and as you so eloquently stated, I've been in 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 and around Hollywood for a long time, making commercials and involved in writing. And many of my friends, I have some very very successful filmmakers um, who have made gigantic hits. And and again, I don't like to name names, um, you know, out of respect for them, but. No. Well, yeah, okay, why not? I've got a lot of friends that have made a lot of great movies. Like, um, Well, I'll get back to that. Let me tell you the story. Okay, go ahead. When we get into the filmmaking thing, I'll talk about the history right. of you know, involvement. But the story itself is a, um, it's one of the great unsolved mysteries. It's, um, it's really uh, an unbelievable story of nine, as you said, nine. And we have to highlight that that number and that that idea nine 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 it happened in 1959 there were nine students that died and they all died a horrible death they they went hiking you know in summary they went up nine students just out on holiday going up to the you know ski hiking across the Ural Mountains and of course you know they're supposed to get to the other side in a couple days and and Two weeks later, no one had heard from them. Their their families got very worried and very upset. So they called, the, of course, the authorities in the area, and they sent out search parties. And and eventually, you know, a few days into the search, they found the nine hikers. Well, the nine hikers had cut their way. These are experienced uh, skiers and experienced hikers, and there's nine of them. It's not like there's one kid or two kids that go missing. These are nine experienced hikers who they they arrived, the search party arrived at the campsite and they found them all around the campsite. Most of them naked or only in their maybe their underwear and their socks. Okay, now it's you know, at night it's 30 degrees below zero in the Ural Mountains in winter. And these guys were all, they were um, seven guys and two girls and um, young women, and they all had trauma. They weren't shot. They were all dead, of course. They were not shot. They weren't stabbed. They didn't take poison, but they were in various states of um, undress, and they were had crushed skulls. They had broken ribs. One of the poor ladies had her tongue cut out. And um, the Russian authorities, and, they, and by the way, they were radioactive. So, yes. which is an incredible thing to imagine. Now, the Ural Mountains, 1959, you know, that's in the middle of the Cold War. Who knows what's going on there? Is it testing? Russian testing, uh, American testing. You know, they were doing all kinds of crazy things to each other. This was the, a time of great tension in the world, 1959. Nine students, 1959. So the Russian authorities did a complete investigation, and um, they, after the investigation, all they said was that the students died because of blunt trauma. Okay, blunt trauma, that means, you know, and 
compelling unknown force. All right, well, that's not telling us too much, is it? So uh, the Russian government closed down the mountain for two years. Not even the families of these poor kids could could go up and, you know, poke around and maybe try to figure it out themselves. And, um, you know, it's a mystery that's, what, 41 plus 14, that is 55 years old now and has never been solved. And many, many people have, have you know, tried to investigate it. And so, you know, it's a story that was brought to my attention. Now I'll jump into how I got involved. A very dear friend of mine who has, has Russian uh, ancestry um, brought the story idea, and he's a very prominent filmmaker himself, um, but he brought this idea to me, and he said, Don, you know, you love the occult, you're a believer, you you get this, and you're also a, a pretty good writer, can you write this? And so I said, let me look into it. So I started researching, and I started developing ideas, and in the meantime, my friend um, had because of his Russian heritage, he has some um, top-secret connections to uh, documents that were in the original investigation but have never been released to the public. So um, we have some very... I mean, I can't say everything here over this um, interview for obvious reasons, um, but there are nine students in 1959, and there are nine secrets, and there are nine clues. And we are going to reveal those nine clues in this film. Um, I, you know, co-wrote the script, and um, we're now in the process of, uh, you know, we're going to reveal the truth, of course. The movie, by the way, is going to be very entertaining. It's not going to be all dark and dour, and it's going to be kind of like Scream meets the Predator in the mountains. So it'll be kind of a, you know, a, a salute to horror and sci-fi films, which we all love, and uh, also kind of the Predator thing, you know, with something chasing you in through the woods. So um, we've got a very entertaining script, and we're in the process right now of attaching um, a we're talking to a couple of very good directors and uh, some talent. So we're, we're actively looking to start producing the film. Um, um, we're, I'm thinking the first week in January, we may do some pre-production before that, but uh, you know, some, maybe some studio stuff. Uh, be, but we need to shoot outside in the snow, so we're, we're waiting for the mm-hmm. first big snowfalls, um, probably right after the holidays. Where are you going to shoot it at? Well, we're still uh, scouting locations. You know, I don't know yet. Um, Could be be all over. It might be Michigan, might be California. I don't know. You know, it really depends a lot. The business of making a film is is different from. uh, We'd like to go to Russia to do it, but you know that might that may may or may not be possible. So, you know, I feel bad for those poor people. they were so vibrant looking. I've seen many of the pictures in my research. They're so vibrant looking and happy, and they're all going on this expedition. They're all from college, and uh, they look so happy, yet, you know, they're all caught strangely, you know, naked or in their underwear and just their socks, 
but also that their tent, which they were in, was actually cut from the inside out, not like somebody was getting in, but like somebody was getting out. It's a very Good bizarre point. mystery. Yes. You, I, I mean, thank you for mentioning that, because I, I don't think... I, that was on the tip of my tongue, but I, I forgot. But absolutely, they cut their way from the inside out. I mean, think of that. They they didn't bother to go out the door. I wonder why. I don't know. Was something blocking the door? Was something at the door? And they cut their way outside with a knife, and they escaped into 30-degree temperatures. And, you know, and they suffered incredible trauma, body trauma that, you know, caused a lot of internal bleeding. And obviously when you have a fractured skull and broken ribs, you're, you know, you're not going to last long, especially if you're not if yeah. you're dressed in your socks out in 30 degrees. So quite a story. And we are very, very excited and happy that we're, we're able to make the film and um, can't wait to, you know, get going on it, actually. Right. So right now, uh, if you want to go check it out, it's at D-Y-A-T-L-O-V-P-A-S-S-Productions.com. You can go ahead and see the reel that's uh, going on over there. It does have some uh, very interesting uh, things to say about it, some pictures, and also it talks about uh, uh, what Don and his... uh, his team is doing with the whole thing. So if you want to go check it out anytime you can. And, uh, and you know, and the, the, the one thing, the horrible thing about the female is that her, like, mouth and uh, other stuff was sort of, like, torn out or burnt out. It kind of reminded me horribly of the cattle mutilations. You know, there's, the way some of the bodies were was so strange. Yes, you. That's right. Everything about this is totally uh, bizarre. I don't know how what else to say about it. It's it's one of those things like the, you know, what you saw, you know, in your UFO or what I saw floating down over Hawthorne. It's like what is going on? What you know, uh, the world's supposed to be orderly, and you're supposed to be able to explain things, and and these events aren't don't don't. Um, fall into that easy-to-understand to uh, category. So, yeah, there was some brutalization. I mean, why her tongue? I mean, was she yeah. trying to cry out? Was she trying to speak the truth to someone? Is it a message? Um, and, again, we're going to explain it. Um, and all kinds of, there have been many, many theories over the years. Our listeners may know some of them already and if not it's you know it's everything from aliens you know possibly coming down and doing something to them to um, mind control um, experiments maybe the you know the Russian government or the US government maybe some kind of nuclear or or shock or testing or something Um, this was the Cold War maybe they stumbled in or Maybe it was, um, you know, I mean, I've even heard of abominable snowmen or the local um, natives there that were called the Nancy, uh, the tribe that lives in the Ural Mountains. They've been blamed too. However, um, 
you know the Nancy uh, all that was kind of was investigated by the by the authorities and really most of it was discounted but nobody ever came up with the the real reason so um you know that's why we're making the film and we are starting a we have uh, raised um production money already and we are going to also be doing a I should mention for our audience if they are interested next week we are launching a uh, crowdfunding site uh, just in case anyone, I'm not sure if anybody knows what crowdfunding is. Charlene, is it okay if I explain what uh, oh, crowdfunding yes, is? Okay. Uh, crowdfunding is the latest, you know, Kickstarter. Uh, most people have heard of Kickstarter as a site. It's kickstarter.com or indiegogo.com. Those kinds of sites are sites where projects, films, books, movies, or um, other productions like documentaries, uh, products or projects can be put up, and we're doing one too. And what happens is um, you can, uh, if you believe in the project and you want to get involved in it, you can contribute. And you can contribute anything you want. You can, can, can can contribute a dollar, you can contribute ten dollars, you can contribute, you know, five hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars. I mean literally whatever you feel and for those um contributions you get awards. There are various really fine awards like, you know, signed scripts, um um get updates from the set, uh even you know, for some of the higher awards, uh, might be lunch with the crew. You might even be, you could even be a, a producer of the film, or executive producer of the film, or even a part, play a part in the film, or have go to the red carpet premiere. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that are out there, and I'm going to tell you what that site is right now. Although it's not live yet, we're going to for our listeners. Um, it's called www. So if anybody wants to write this down, it's the CircleFilmProject.com. <clears throat> Again, the CircleFilmProject.com. It's not a live site yet, so if you go there tonight, you probably won't see anything. You'll just see, say, under construction. But we're going to launch, I think, um, next week. Um, probably midweek, maybe around the, I'm going to guess, around the 10th of July after the holiday. And we are actively hoping that our listeners, your listeners, um, will come and contribute and be a part of the film, you know, make comments, uh, share it with their social media, Facebook, whatever, um, tell their, their friends about it because, you know, and people might say, well, why... Why are you doing this when you already you've raised production money? Yes, we have raised production money, but you know, like anything else, if you if the more money we raise to produce the film and to make the film, the better the film it's going to be. You know, the the better director we're going to get, the 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 better the acting we're going to end up with, and that all those elements are you know we can make a super low-budget movie, but that's really not what we want to do. We want to make a great movie that's entertaining and also tells the truth. So, um, you know, the more money we raise, uh, the, the, 
better the film's going to be, number one. And then number two, because we are also going to make, if we have um, level, we have levels of funding. So if we reach a certain level, we're also going to make it into a game. So, you know, it will be something that hopefully with clues and, you know, it will be called The Circle. So um, a lot of fun stuff happening. And, and again, that... Um, URL is the circlefilmproject.com. It's not live yet, but it will be um, very soon. And yes. Charlene, if, if I can yes. say one more thing about um, how we're going to market it, um, that would be terrific because we talked about the web. No, go ahead. We talk Okay, thank you so much. We talked about the web. Because you were, I think you're teaching us tonight too. Uh, there's so many people... I know so many authors and writers and uh, people doing production and things like that and doing their own filmmaking that we really need to know uh, how you're doing this whole thing and how to, you know, how to, to utilize the tools that are available. So we, we appreciate your information. Well, that's great. And if I can help anyone, any of your, obviously your listeners, um, I know that they'll be able to communicate with me through you, of course, and um, you know I'm happy to, to to answer any questions or to give advice or anything because so many people have helped me along my journey. From you know again, I left home with a jar of peanut butter, a loaf of bread, and five dollars. You know, and yeah. I stayed out for a year. And so you you can imagine all the people that gave me rides, that took me to their homes, you know, took care of me, fed me. I mean, five dollars. You know, that's a book in itself. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what year was What year was this? That was. I want to know. <laughs> it what was, was 1971. 1971. Yeah, that was a great year, and uh, people can get a hold of you by uh, going to www.onionheaddirect.com, and that's his site. Uh, is that do you want people to leave you a message? Yeah, that would be that would be great. I am, um, and that's a perfect segue for for talking about um, how we're going to market this. Again, I'm going to give you a little backstory on. I appreciate your kind words about me educating because I do want to do that. I want to tell people how to do things. I mean, I I'm a simple guy. I you know I come from a farming family. And I just do things. I mean, I, I just don't let anything stop me. I, and I fail more than I succeed. I will tell you that right up front. But, um, you know, you have to keep failing until you succeed. So um, when I did TV commercials, and, and here's kind of a, uh, how I got going, when I started doing TV commercials, and, you know, like 10 years ago, 98% of the people who, would like a Jerry Springer tape or an American Heroes coin or a, a you know, a Osama Bin Laden capture coin, whatever it might be. 98% of the people 10 years ago would call the number on your screen. You know, they'd call, pick up the phone, call and order one, and 2% would go to a URL inside a website. Well, that has changed. Now... I make the same TV commercial, and I find the same product, make the same TV commercial. I run the same media, and the marketing has changed completely. Now, 30% go pick up the phone. 30% used to be 98%. And 
70% go to the web, but they don't go to my URL anymore. They go to Google, which of course has become a verb, and they Google me, Google the product, you know, do whatever. And um, yeah, that's really uh, changed so much. So what? So in order to be successful now in marketing, I have to have for all my campaigns, I have to have social media, Facebook, Twitter. I have to have all the things on the first page of Google. So when you're marketing, now the web, as we said a moment ago, has changed everything. It's changed the way information is disseminated. It's changed the way people find out. Uh, you know, everybody. What do we do when we're going to go to a restaurant? The first thing I do is I go and look it up and to see what reviews there are. Did people, how many liked it? How many didn't like it? How about a movie? When I when a movie comes out, I, I go and look. And I say, how, who likes this? Who doesn't? You know, what's Rotten Tomatoes say or what? You know, whatever. Um, so the web has changed all that. The way information is disseminated and the way information is researched and provided. So. When I'm doing my marketing campaigns, and this also relates to the circle, to the film, now I have to have all those things on page one of Google. I have to have reviews. I have to have social. Media, I have to have Facebook account. I have to have Twitter. I have to have blog sites. I have to have all kinds of stuff so that the the people who are going to be looking for my product or my film or my project can find me. They can find out information. They can read reviews or whatever it might be. That's extremely important because that's what we're going to use for this film. We're going to use it for two ways, the circle. We're, we're really creating history here, and I hope everybody in our audience will get excited and want to donate and want to contribute and want to be a part of it because we're, we're going to find the audience through the use of the web, through social media and blogging, and, and we're going to get the message out there this way. And we've invented a term. We've actually, you know, copyrighted the, the certain parts of it, and it's called web walling. And what that means is it's film distribution on the web. So um, that's very important because this this message, if we go through normal channels with this message, you know, the the big studios I worked for Paramount Pictures, they're not going to. They're not going to put this out. I mean, they're not going to. I mean, maybe they'll be forced to because there will be so many people interested in it and asking for it to be seen. But they don't. You know, they they have a vested interest to to you know protect certain things. And and we're going to be telling the truth here. Remember, nine deaths in 1959. We have nine, and we have nine clues. So we're going to be using this marketing technique called web walling. And we're going to be finding the audience and we're going to be um, using the web in a brand new way. And one of the great resources that I have at my disposal and our, our team's disposal is that I own a web marketing company called Onion Head Direct, www.onionhadirect.com. And the tagline is, Marketing that won't make you cry. So, yeah, I love so it. there you go. So that's what we're going to do with this film, and we're very, very excited about it. And I can't wait to to dig into it and uh, get going on it. Yeah, I have many uh, people in chat that are talking about 
how they're excited to see it, if it's out yet, and uh, everybody's really looking forward to it. And uh, the thing is, is they go to uh, the the Circle Film Project to get more information and keep up on it. And then the uh, uh, what's the uh, donation site? Uh, go check that yeah. out. Just go check out all the resources yeah. because, uh, you know, we never know. It could be filmed up in the mountains locally and, or or I have no idea. I was thinking yes. about Colorado all of a sudden. I don't know why I just thought that. But anyway, because they have lots of mountains and things like that, and it's not that far away. But people have their chance to be a part of this, and, uh, you know, it's really great to be uh, part of uh, a creative endeavor, that's for sure. It's it's really exciting. You know, Charlene, we're, we're living in a time right now where the web has empowered us all. I mean, it, it empowers you to get your message out, to speak to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. I mean, what an incredible invention. I mean, it's only been around for 20 years. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe it's been used a little bit before that selectively, but to the mass audience, it hasn't been around that long. And we're going to, you know, you send your message out like that, and we're going to use the power of the web to send out this message and to teach people and to show people and to illustrate. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And we want everybody to get involved. Uh, I mean, I hope your listeners, again, the website, um, the circlefilmproject.com is, is unfortunately not up yet because we are still uploading a couple of new videos and we're not going to make it live until then. But I hope everybody will, um, will write it down and, and come to it and um, will send their suggestions and their um, comments and, and be a part of it. Heck, be in the film. I mean, what, you know, yeah. how fun would that be? How fun would that be? <laughs> Sounds exciting. And um, then again, check it out and I'll also announce it next week to uh, be sure everybody gets in on it when it starts, uh, when it starts up. So, uh We'll do that. And then if there's any uh, callers with any questions, uh, it's now a good time to call 619-924-9744 with any questions that you have. And uh, we do have one person volunteering to play an alien, and uh, she wants to do it now. <laughs> that would be cute. Anyway, because we have no idea what's going on. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, it was really, I was thinking about the synchronicity of what happened to those hikers. And Actually, there was one person that didn't go. You know, yeah. he got ill or something and stayed back, and I was thinking how fateful that was for him. You're absolutely right. There was one lucky soul who did, he got, uh, he actually uh, died, uh, died. He actually got, did not die, but he got sick on the very first day. He came down with some kind of laryngitis or throat infection. And he thought that, gee, if I keep going, I'm, I'm, you know, liable to catch something that I won't be able to shake. And, you know, he was right. So, um, you know, good move on his part. And he was actually, a little sidelined, he was actually investigated by the authorities for a long time because they thought, well, okay, was he the one? I mean, could he have snuck up on him? Was he having a, you know, an affair with one of the ladies and he, you know, was a jealousy thing or did he kill the group because he was a madman or or whatever. But um, 
you know, after they investigated it, they realized that, you know, he he had alibis and he was not in that location and he really was sick and and he was obviously traumatized himself by having his close friends die such a horrible death. And, um, you know, this is one of the great unsolved mysteries for our listeners who may just be tuning in. It is one of the great unsolved mysteries. There are so many entries online if you Google, again, the great power of Google, if you Google the Atlas Pass incident, you'll see so many different um, uh, listings and groups and, and categories out there um, of information about it. But they're all asking the same question. What happened? You know, what, what caused this? And, and all that. And I'm happy to report that I, I think, you know, we have the actual the actual answer, and we're going to make a film that is going to um, not only explain it, but also entertain people, you know, because at the end of the day, that's that's the business we're in. We, we you know, we want to, you know, why not uh, get some entertainment in your in your life? Um, right. Why, you know, while you're being educated. That's, that's the best way to do it. Well, it's a very um, exciting topic, you know, and I was able to, you know, in my research about it, I was able to just uh, dig up uh, certain facts uh, for people that are interested. And how do you how do you spell again? It's, how are you pronouncing it? Dyatlov. Dyatlov. Uh, yes, it's Dyatlov. 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 Yeah, and, um, and I'm, believe me, I'm, I'm not a Russian speaker, but um, that's 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 kind of the Dyatlov. You know, it's uh, it's so. This is what I've been able to find out that there's a. Six of the group members died of hypothermia, and three were had fatal injuries. There was no indications of other people apart, nearby, apart from nine travelers, nor anyone else in the surrounding areas. And we already covered the tent was ripped in. Uh, the victims had died 68 hours after their last meal, so I think they sat down to a meal together. And then traces from the camp showed that all group members left the camp of their own accord on foot. So they all took off on their own foot, I guess, heading in different directions. And I saw the pictures of the bodies, and it was just weird and hideous. And uh, I guess they dispelled it, like you said, that the indigenous tribe people, uh, it could not, anyway, they were saying that they didn't cause it, that the blows were of extreme force but and so strong, but no soft tissue was damaged, it was, which was so strange. And that um, the radiation was shown in high doses, and uh, the documents contained no, di- there was all kinds of documents. They had their diaries, they had photos of each other, and that there were no survivors. And, it's, and there were, okay, the verdict was, um, that's what I found interesting. So this is by, this is not by the people in the know. This was just a general verdict was that all members died because of compelling natural force, meaning uh, that they were, had hypothermia, and that's how they died. Right. Yeah. Well. Yes. Well, many of them. Did, well, they, <clears throat> right. I mean, uh, obviously, 30 degrees below zero without clothes, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna die pretty quickly. And they, they uh, probably, if they had lived, many of them would have died from their skull fractures or their internal injuries from the broken ribs. And and you know, who knows what happened to the poor girl who had her tongue cut out. Um, 
Yes, but you're but you're right. The cause of death was, um, you know, I mean, technically, I guess you would say it is hypothermia, but um, you know, it's a combination of of events and and you know, the real question is why why are they out in in why did they cut themselves out of their tent and why didn't they wear their clothes? I mean, and and where were they? You know what were they trying to get out of? Why were, why not stay in the tent? I mean, the tent would be the warmest place, right? And um, and there was no avalanche uh, either. I mean, every, I have heard the theory that there is um, that there was an avalanche, and you know maybe everybody got crushed by it or something. But there there's no indication. Avalanches have you know certain trails, and you know the people in the know can tell whether or not part of a mountain has been moving. So, um, you know, that didn't happen. So the question is, what what is it? You know, what caused it? And why these nine? And why nine? And I will tell you one more thing. Um, this area, this part of the world has a long history of having nine people. It's always nine. Nine people disappear. Nine people die. There have been many, many different groups of nine that have have um, met a tragic fate in this very part of the of the world. And in fact, this mountain has become known as the mountain of death. So, um, you know, it's quite an, an incredible place. And circles, right? You might ask why. Why the circle? You know, what, 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 what's, the, what's that about? And um, it's funny, I was looking at something today. Um, first off, we all know that circles have all kinds of power from crop circles to vortexes to, you know, many different um, things um, in the unexplained and the supernatural and the paranormal all seem to revolve around the circle. And... Um, the number nine has a circle in it, doesn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that uh, that struck me, you know, right off. That, hey, there's a circle in the nine. And then I was looking at a photo today of a picture of the devil's footprint. Now, I've never even seen this. I don't know where this picture came from, but it's purported to be the devil's footprints. And, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it's a neat and it's it's in the snow. And guess what? It's it's an almost completely round. It's it's a round it's like a circle. Their footprints are like a circle. So um you know that is because of the supposed to be like a goat or something. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's hideous to, yeah. and creepy to talk about and, and it's uh, it's so strange and the cover-up to me is even stranger that right away, you know, they're already making up stories about it and, uh, you know, there's just so many strange details and I'm really glad that you guys are moving forward with the, with the movie. And uh, what you have, you're also uh, writing a book. Can you tell us about your book? Of course. I am, uh, I'm from the generation of... Um, yeah, it's a pretty popular group. Uh, the the Beatles is my my um, favorite group, and um, obviously 
you know, it's a best-selling uh, rec- entertainment uh, act in the world, best, best known. It changed history, changed everyone's lives. And um, I'm a big Beatles fan. And, um, of course, individually, the Beatles are great artists. You know, John Lennon is a great musician, and Paul certainly is incredible, and George Harrison, even Ringo. They're all incredible musicians alone. But together, they, uh, you know, some of the parts, together they were magicians. I mean, they were literally, I mean, they, they... had power they, together the, the music they wrote will be played you know it'll be played 500 years from now like Mozart or Beethoven people will still be singing yesterday or or you know let it be or imagine or you know God, there's so many but one of the songs is of course Hey Jude and we all know Hey Jude uh, Paul McCartney's right. incredible song um, at the time it was a you know it was a seven minute Seven minute and twenty seven second, I think, song. Um, when every other song was three minutes long, and it was their first single on the Beatles um, record company called Apple, which of course inspired, you know, the. Be- I mean, not, I'm, I don't know if our viewers or listeners know this, but that inspired Steve Jobs, Jobs to uh, name his company Apple because he's a big Beatles fan. So Apple, you know, Apple came from that, from the Beatles. Um, But I wrote a book, a mystery. It's called Hey Jude. And, um, you know, it's a, I I really love to read and I love to write. I love Lawrence Block and and, uh, Spencer, um, Robert Parker, and, you know, so many different mystery writers. Uh, I wrote a novel, um, and it's about a um, a guy who collects beetle paraphernalia and uh, memorabilia. And in doing so, uh, his name is Jude. He's named after the Beatles. So I'll give you a little background on the, the characters. And uh, what happens to him is that he in um, he doesn't have money to co- he collects beetle stuff. You know, beetle whatever, collectible. Some of them are very valuable. And um, in doing so, he doesn't have the money to buy them. So he he does what he um, what he can, and he calls it long-term borrowing, which is actually stealing. So he steals um, these beetle collectibles out of museums and out of out of people's you know rich people's homes and things like that. And in doing so, uh, he actually discovers a murder a dead body, and he is, uh, he lives in a small town, <clears throat> and um, he is blamed when the body is discovered because, of course, the, the beetle art is also missing, the beetle collectible is missing, and there's a dead body. So, of course, the sheriff goes, oh, I know who did this. It was Jude. Who else would steal art, beetle collectible, memorabilia? And, of course, the, the sheriff happens to be Jude's ex-wife. So there you go. We have, um, you know, we have that uh, little intrigue going on. So anyway, the book is going to be published in December, and um, okay, you know. So I love to write, and thank you very much, uh, Charlene, for asking. I do appreciate it, and um, maybe there might be a few Beatle fans out there in our audience. Who knows? 
I know. It says uh, we're looking forward to it. They were already asking uh, in chat when was it going to when was it going to come out. So that's really cool. So how are you doing on time, Don? How am I doing on time? Well, I'm I'm good. I, I'm I can uh, hang with you as long as you can um, can uh, handle me. And uh, I don't know if anybody has any um, other questions, or uh, if they do, I'm happy to to try to answer them. And um, Okay, so uh, yeah, they're um, they're talking a little bit about the devil's footprint. So um, the call-in number is six one nine nine two four nine seven four four. And if you have any questions in chat, just let me know. So um, I wanted to ask you some more stuff. So what was your uh, religious upbringing? What what did you, what were your belief systems in your family? Growing up, well, not the three years yeah. now, but what were they then? What kind of yeah. form do you know? You know, my uh, family—they were, um, you know, by they were farmers, as I said. So they were kind of, you know, they were simple people, and they were they were Methodists, to, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually. But, um, you know, I I I can't say that I'm terribly. Um, uh, I like the. The social aspects of religion, you know, I like I like the fact that mm-hmm. you meet people in in your neighborhood and you you do things to help with um, charities and and poverty and homeless and you know all the things that that, that many churches do. But I I can't say that I'm a um, terribly devout. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I uh, you know religion well, a lot of also. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, a lot of us are, have all these different religions, you know, but we're more spiritual than anything else. And yeah. uh, it seems like uh, there's such a, uh, for as far as experiencers or everything is concerned, I feel like uh, it's not an accident, especially what you experienced. I don't feel like that was an accident. It was so close and low. How could you miss it? And I think. Uh, the way they travel and the way they usually look, uh, you can easily miss it. They could be in the sky in a, in a bright day. You'll still never see them. But I feel like sometimes they choose people to reveal themselves to. So have you ever felt in that way that uh, you maybe were chosen for this? Yeah, that's a really great question, and I agree with you. I do sort of feel chosen for some reason and I, I don't know why I don't know what my mission is I mean I guess my mission is to you know try to help other people and to try to get knowledge out there and to explore and to poke around um, you know one of my favorite mystery characters is the the detective Spencer um, and his methodology is very simple he he says I don't know what I'm doing you know he gets like he's a private detective private eye mm-hmm. he says I don't know what I'm doing but he, but I if I keep interviewing people and I keep poking around sooner or later something's going to fly out you know I keep poking yeah. the beehive so yes. I guess that's what I'm doing too and I agree with you I'm not I wouldn't call myself religious but I call myself a humanitarian I, I mean I yeah. I'm a spiritualist I do believe in people and I do believe in goodness of and, and trying to be positive and positive energy. I mean, how can you not be positive if you're a Beatle fan? I mean, 
come on, love. You know, all you need is love. Give peace a chance. Right. Those are the mantras of a generation. So, do you know Grant Cameron? Do you know Grant Cameron? Um, no, that name is familiar. What? 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 Yeah, he's a he is a you know into the UFO thing, and he's a a filmmaker. Very interesting, a man. But he is very much into how the music and the message and the message is love and things like that. He's really equating it to uh, how much music affects us all. It has an immediate effect on, on me and I think everybody else. I even tried it on the babies like a test, you know. And uh, my wow. grandson now who is more into hip-hop and all that, but uh, when he was little, I played a Pavarotti and his head would always spin and he rock when he was listening to Pavarotti, and I was like, this kid, I can't even believe it. And I used to do heavy metal for my daughter, unfortunately. You know, that was in the 60s for <laughs> kids. But anyway, uh, but for him, it was Pavlo. And uh, my uh, daughter was trying to question me on it, the power of music. I, I said, uh, you know, I would told her one day she came coming in, and I said, you know that your son is a big fan of Pavarotti. This time he was so little... He would hang on to the side of the crib, and that's how he'd walk around. He couldn't walk yet. And then uh, she said, yeah, right. You know, she's always looking at me, yeah, mom's crazy. Well, she's had to hear all these UFO stories all her life, poor kid. But anyway, I said, okay, let me show you. I put So he's acting normal, trying to get his mommy and just trying to walk around and doing his little baby dance. And then I put Pavarotti on. He whipped his head around, and he was he's enraptured by Pavarotti. And uh, it, it it does, music uh, is making the world go round. So I thought it was really interesting that you were even uh, bringing that up about the Jude story and all that, because Hey Jude is a big, big, big deal in England. It's a New Year's Eve uh, theme, actually, song. Wow, you, you're so right. And music, you know, what is it about music? that A song will get inside our head. Even music we don't necessarily say we like, we, we might say, oh, right. I hate that song, or, you know, wrong say, thing to say hate, but, you know, I, that song is so odd, or, you know, bubblegumish, or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like the person singing it, or whatever, but, you know, the song itself has a melody, some melodies, they just get inside your head, and they refuse to leave. I've had a song inside my head for, uh, now, since 1974, and I mean, it's, 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 it's the same song. It's one of it's one of Paul McCartney's. Of course, it would be a Beatle, and it's it's just it's a song off his Ram album. And you know that was like his second or third album. That, uh, yeah. And I can't I can't stop. Um, it, it comes out every once in a while. I just start singing it, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's not even my favorite song. Come on, there's at least. 500 songs that I like more than that. Why am I singing this song? So it's truly, it's truly It's in there. It's in there. Now listen, I'm so glad you brought this up. You are tying everything together so nicely. Um, We're going to use music and sound for the circle. One of my my favorite films, I don't know if anybody remembers it, I'm probably dating myself a little too much here, but it was before my time too, but I still love it. It's um, it's um, charade with Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it's got a, a score by 
a soundtrack by Henry Mancini. Of course, and I have that album I actually. Oh, isn't that an incredible album? It's got I do. I like have the, the, I have the album, the vinyl. Oh, me too. I love so. You do? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I love that whole album. I collect albums still. I did so. Too. I mean, they're great, but but that whole idea of that song and you know the the you know the power of music and the power of a soundtrack to drive. You know, I'm a big Alfred Hitchcock fan. What did he, I mean? There's no blood. I've never seen a drop of no. blood in that. Well, maybe in Psycho. It's the one, uh, the one movie that did have blood in it. But, you know, they're the most suspenseful films ever. But there's no nobody. Usually, nobody gets shot. Nobody. You know, it's I mean, it's it's pretty tame stuff. But it's all suspense from the sounds and the scores. The score. That's what we're going to do with the circle. And um, so, you know, we have big plans for this film, and I just can't wait because. And now I'm going to drop a few names. My, I have good friends who have made a lot of really popular movies. Movies like executive uh, executive producers like um, uh, Air Force One. Um, if you remember that film, Spy yeah. Games, Bring It On, um, uh, all kinds of you know really, really high quality, high quality films, and um, those are the kind of people that we're getting involved in this project. So I'm just hoping, I'm really hoping. It's got an open invitation. I hope our audience, your audience, that is, you're gracious enough to share with me tonight. Your audience will will get involved and will want to um, help us make a better film and help us make a bigger film and help us by contributing at, again, I'll, I'll give the website. Um, it's not up yet, but it will be in, by, by July 10th. It's called thecirclefilmproject.com. Thecirclefilmproject.com. So... So anyway, that's um, that's kind of what we're we're doing with that film. We're going to drive a lot of web uh, traffic, and we're going to web wallet, as I said, in our unique way, using my company in uh, in web marketing called Onionhead Direct. And then we will, uh, you know, put an incredible soundtrack on it, and we're going to have a lot of fun making it. And uh, I hope our listeners, your listeners, will um, participate in it. Be in it, you know. Name a character. You know, one of the mm-hmm. words is name a character. You want to name a character in the film? You want your name in the film? Guess what? You can have it. So <laughs> go on <laughs> the site. This is a good way to get in on excitement too, and uh, a lot of us have a lot of things in the works. So this is really exciting for us to hear. And we have some questions now. You ready to take some questions? Of course. Okay. Okay, John Lee Francois. It says, does your uh, guest know of any similar events like the Dead Love Pass incident? Okay. Uh, and wait. So, okay, yeah, and the- and other ones that may have been related to UFOs. Okay, go ahead. So, is the question? Let me make sure I understand the question. Is the question: Are there related 
you know, similar kinds well, of similar events? similar things or, happening. Um, I seem to recall things happening not only there, but all over the world similar to that that was going on, and other ones that may have been related to UFOs. Well, uh, the, I, I don't know the complete answer to that because there is a lot of unexplained um, stuff. But, yes, I would say the short answer is there are absolutely lots of things that are going on very similar around the world. I think it's happening today. Um, I think the number nine is a very, you know, number nine has been kind of a magical number forever. And, um, again, nine, there's a circle in the number nine, and um, um, so I do, John. I think that was your your caller's name, John. Yeah. You're absolutely right. There, there are things going on all over, and um, I'm hoping that we can. This this film actually, I think, is yeah. going to be. We're kind of planning it out, and I think it's going to be a trilogy, which you know we really would love to do and then include some yeah. other things in the next film, um, some of these other events that are happening because there's so many unexplained things. I mean, why don't we, why doesn't somebody explain them? I mean, there there is an explanation right. for them. Maybe we're afraid to say it. Maybe, you know, but a believer will, will um, you know, get to the, the, the bottom of it. So that's what we're going to try yeah. to do. Well, there are a couple of things around, like in Canada, there were some strange things. Uh, uh, I don't know if I can pronounce it, A-N-J-I-K-U-N-I, Villagers of Canada, uh, have the same kind of fate. Uh, and the crew of the Orang, M-E-D-A-N, Orang, Median, whatever. Anyway, all these events really occurred, and uh, they don't have, uh, you know, they have a lot of information, but why? And then somebody else asked this. Okay, there's another one. Claudette asked, Huber asked, um, if all the people were radioactive. Were all the people radioactive? Yeah. Is that the question? Uh, Yes. They all had some, some more than others, but they all had some measure of radioactivity on them. And, of course, we would ask, well, you're in the middle of the woods. How in the heck would you get radioactive? And why are you radioactive? So, you know, those. Unfortunately, the investigation created more questions than answers. However, you know, the answers are out there for everything. The answers are out there. We just have to open ourselves up and, you know, accept the answers, and also to, you know, search deep, dig deep sometimes. Right, and then, uh, then she, then she was asking. Have you ever heard about the camera film from one of the victims where a dark figure about two, two, three feet taller than a man was seen? That's from Claudette Huber in chat. Wow. No, I've never heard of that. That's I haven't heard that. exciting and interesting. You know, I I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, I can, you know, that kind of fits in with the, our our theories, though you know our our revelations, you know that. Um, yeah. And I'm not gonna not gonna reveal the the secret here because I you know I want yeah don't I want us to get through the making. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna go through the process and and get everybody involved. But um, I think that's an incredible. I'm gonna look for that. 
if anybody wants to drop me an email and tell me where where that is, where I can see that, if there's an image on online somewhere or something, please feel free. Okay. Yes, and Claudette is saying that uh, she was uh, there's Ideas and Discoveries magazine issued June 2014, so I guess it's just new out, and uh, she found that in that periodical. And uh, yeah, she's our investigator on the move out there. And uh, anyway, she just uh, um, okay. So anyway, what a great so league. things. I know. The, uh, I'm telling you, I have the the best listeners. We were talking about that earlier. Remember, we we were just chatting, and uh, they are super intelligent and very faithful. And uh, I really appreciate them very much because they're always doing this research. Because all of us like to check our sources of what we're hearing, and uh, you know, it's, um, it's it's very interesting. So, um, what else would you like to talk about? Well, I would just like to um to to thank you, I think. Well, not I think, but for sure for <laughs> allowing allowing me to um talk about myself a little bit and about the project which is very dear to to my heart and my my team's heart, my you know, we have several producers and and as I said, we're attaching it director and you know this is going to be a great uh, project and and I do hope our listeners and your listeners your followers will um, you know get involved because I'd love to you know sort of talk about it again the the Beatles are are um, together they make magic individually they're they're really great I mean and and, and I yeah. can't minimize that but when people get together when they brainstorm when they the whole is bigger than the sum of the parts. So right. I, really, I really believe that. And so I invite all your um, followers to to climb on board and have some fun. So It sounds like fun. You know, we have a caller now. I'm going to uh, just screen a little bit, so just hold on a minute. Okay, okay, area code 714, and the first four, three numbers is 465. You're live on the Paranormal and the Sacred. Can we have your name, please? Yes, my name is Anatoly. Hello. How are you today? Uh, do you have a... Very good. Um, happy uh, 4th of July. Well, thank you. Thank you. I have a question for Mr. Baker. I'm, I'm wondering why... Uh, thank you. I'm wondering why the Soviet government keeps such a thing secret for 50 years. Wow, um, isn't that a great question? And nice to have you call in. Thank you so much. We do appreciate you listening. Um, you know, the Soviet government is, has obviously gone through a lot of changes. I don't know that there's a short answer to it. I think um, there are lots of uh, conspiracy issues. Um, there's a lot of information that hasn't been revealed over the years, in, and now I'm picking on Soviet government, but it could be any government. The governments in general like to suppress a little more than they should and like to withhold more than they should. And that you could pick any, you pick government out of the hat probably, and they're all kind of the same along those lines. However, 
we're talking specifically about the Ural Mountains and, and an area that Russia controlled. So we um, we have the some documents, and, and again, I'm not going to say too much here, um, but we have some documents that reveal some of the uh, reasons behind and the secrets, and those have been incorporated into our script. And um, you know, it's all going to. It, I mean, I'm a believer, and uh, I know that probably most of our audience is too. So, I don't know. Um, do you have a theory on that? Uh, is it An Anton? I'm sorry. An yeah, An I think it was Anton. Yes. Anton? Um, uh, he's uh, back on hold now. If he wants to answer, ask another question, and he's welcome to. I can see him, but he's not asking it right now. But what I was thinking, has Russia opened up more to uh, any of these things, or, or willing to discuss UFOs, or uh, do you know what I'm saying? Is it any more think, open than, yeah. it, than it used to be? And this happened in our lifetime, you know, because the Cold War is supposedly over, and we're uh, being more tolerant of each other and everything else. So has it opened up the communication, or any secrets are leaking, or, or whatever? I think the answer is yes, and I think the answer is, I mean, I think the reason is um, obviously the whole Iron Curtain thing has fallen, you know, the Iron Curtain has fallen, and and, and I guess attributed, I'll tell you, to the web, honestly. I, I think the reason is because now information is so, you know, so open, you can check. You go online any time of the day, and we're talking to people right now all across the world. People are listening all across mm -hmm. the world in the U.S., you know, in every nation. Um, it's amazing. And so I think the web has opened that up. And I think with the fall of the, you know, the economic structure of, of, of the Soviet Union, um, a lot of things that used to be secret, a lot of files, a lot of, you know, things have changed the society itself has changed, although you know it's gotten a little bit more violent and and brutal recently um, as we all know but um, the whole nature of of business has has changed, and I think it is a business I think you know I think a lot of these things are coming out because of monetary uh, factors you know now they've got secrets to sell and they've got information to leak and there's not as much restriction, and and you know the and uh, again I attribute it to the the web because it's given people opportunity to communicate, to look across the other to the other side, to see what people are doing, what they're thinking, what they're saying. I give an example. I I go to um, China all the time. I I travel a lot. I look for products. Again, that's that was my core business, making commercials and selling products on TV. So I travel to China and to Hong Kong and to you know doing trade shows and looking for for various products and partners and factories and you name it. And um, I would go to China and even in Hong Kong. And guess what? You cannot get, believe it or not, and that's hard to believe. You can't get Facebook in China. It's 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 forbidden because China wants to maintain, you know, the the communist government wants to maintain the 
information flow, so they control, very tightly control the web. Even in Hong Kong, which is, you know, it's like New York City. I mean, it's a very metropolitan area. You can't get Facebook. Now, you know, so I'm, so I, it's amazing to me, but even that will change because the web is going to force it to change. The web, the web forced, I think, the, the Soviet Union to change. I think it's um, it's going to face force um, some of the other more restrictive. I mean, look at the incredible things that come out of the web, and uh, even even people's cell phones and things like that. I remember in Iraq and um, I think it was Iran and some other places where they had you know some of the fighting in the street riots and things like that. People were taking videos on their cell phone of the you know, the soldiers and the mistreatments and, and the protesting and and in Egypt, remember, and all the stuff. And all that was, was because of the power of the web. You know, people were going home and loading, uploading this image of, of street fighting into um, onto the web. And the whole world was being exposed to something that was forbidden, you know, just a few years ago. So... I said, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm answering the question philosophically, but but that's what I think is causing this, and that's why I love the web because well, I we think are it's using absolutely it. True. It's absolutely true, and I have a question for you. Um, has anybody gone back recently and investigated that area? You mean the Ural Mountains, mountain of, of yes. the, that of that? Um, yeah, you know there are, there are often people who go there, and um, there are some investigations ongoing right now. Um, unless you kind of have the inside information, you're you're kind of wandering around in the same. You can go to the same. In fact, you can even take a tour. I think there's, believe it or not, you know this is how opportunistic people are. I think there's even like vacation package. You can go like you and ski the mountain of the dead. In fact, that's one of our taglines uh, for the movie. We have a couple taglines. One is if uh, ski the mountain of death, you know, where only the dead survive. You know, so we we have a couple taglines like that. Um, but mm-hmm. you can even take a vacation and, and go up there if you want. So very interesting. I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't have they found uh okay, have they found uh, you know, radioactivity up there? I just wonder what um if there's radiation that has uh is still there. Which could be possible after fifty years, I think. Well, there's nothing that they've that that I know of um that has ever been you know, found specific. You know, uh, there's no there's no pockets of radiation, and there's no, you know, there's nothing that um, would would there's no nuclear reactor. You know, that you would think, well, maybe they, these kids got close to a nuclear reactor. Maybe there was a kind of a, a Chernobyl kind of a thing, or you know, something happened and. And, uh, you know, they were exposed to it. But no, there's nothing like that in that area. Now, does that mean that there wasn't Russian military testing or um, mind control or who knows what um, going on up there? It quite possibly could have been. I mean, the the, the litany of, of um, I know you've had probably many guests who have talked about, who know much more about this than I do, and I 
you know, I would love to talk to them actually, but you know, all the Cold War stuff, all the testing and all yeah. the, you know, I mean, there's a many, many programs from Germany during World War II to the U.S. to the Soviet to the Chinese doing it right now. So, I mean, even what's interesting, even Facebook, um, maybe our listeners read this the other day, they were doing psychological testing. Facebook. I mean, yes, for all, they were. God, God's sakes. You know, Facebook screwing with us. You know, uh, trying testing to see, you know, how people react to certain news stories. I mean, you know, strange. I mean, what are you doing? Why are they doing that? So, and that's a whole another area. I mean, that's probably another conversation. That, maybe that's new too, I tell you, with the, yeah. you know, the the information and, and, and the way the governments are using social media and the web, again, the power of the web to extract data and to track us all and all kinds of stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's really quite amazing. But we want to use the web in a positive way. We want to inform with it. We want to get people involved with it. It's a great opportunity for people to uh, participate in this project. I, I'm so... I can't wait. I'm so so excited to launch this crowdfunding uh, support campaign that we're doing for the film on um, July 10th so that we can, um, and again, it's at thecirclefilmproject.com, thecirclefilmproject.com, so that we can um, get people involved and, and share information and hear what they're saying and and get their opinions, and uh, you know it's going to be oh, what an exciting time we live in, where every where, where you and I, Charlene, can talk to everybody yes. in the world. I mean, has there ever been a time in the world where little you know Don Baker sitting in in Los Angeles, California, can go online, turn on his his little magical box sitting on his desk, and talk to somebody in a hut in Africa or the Philippines or China or New Jersey or wherever. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it is amazing because um, I know I have a lot of uh, different languages of people that comment to me on Facebook and uh, I comment on their pages because I use a little translator or I go translate it on a you know, another uh, page, the translator that I use, but uh, I didn't know how far-reaching this was, and uh, to my amazement, you know, people were actually telling me they liked the show in many different languages, and I was finally starting to, to ask them back, like, where did you hear, you know, from the show? They said, well, we listen all the time, so this is this happened to be Peru this time. I said, well, how are you listening? So, well, it comes in our language. You know, and then somebody uh, in Finland said the same thing. You know, we listen to you in Finland. I was like, what? <laughs> they listen to it in their language. It's just really uh, it's a beautiful thing to me, you know, that, um, you know, it's it's actually uh, because of, well, originally, did you ever get on into MySpace? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and well, I was I, sad the way that the whole thing, because I had a lot of friends on there, but that's how I started making friends over the Internet. But now that I'm on Facebook, 
I um, have met some friends that I do do go meet in person. It's kind of turned into a different thing now. We go meet in person and we actually go hang out the same stuff, things and events and tell each other what's going on and uh, we meet places. But I can say that they're some of my new best friends, really. Isn't that neat? That's so great. And you have such, you know, a, a charming way about you and, and also your show is so informative that I know you make friends easily and are very... Um, you know, very positive person. So I just want to send you. up a little Fourth of well, July, you know, celebration yeah. for you. Rah rah! That's you know, it's great nice. Job. It's nice. This is what I'm doing, and uh, also, uh, you know, I guess that, that well, Facebook is doing what it wants to do because there's a couple, there's a little uh, discussion going on about that. That they are blocking a friend of mine's. Uh, his uh, it tends to get political. They start blocking it, and that. Uh, you know, it's uh, kind of uh, amazing. It does happen. Um, I've had things I put on there disappear, but I tend to just make jokes or, you know, uh, talk about experiences or events or stuff like that. I try to stay out of politics because I get too mad. I get really mad. At that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, not good. It's not right. good to go fighting well, about politics, um, but I have done it, but I'm trying not to do it anymore. <laughs> Life's too short to get excited. You know, just stay calm and enjoy your ride. But uh, I, I do yeah. agree that uh, that whole social media has just been an incredible um, upturn. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. And just like you said, MySpace, I, I worked with MySpace before they were MySpace. I worked with the founders. It was called E-Universe is what they actually came from. That's right. I used to market with them way back. This was probably 2000 or something. I can't remember, 1999 mm-hmm. maybe, somewhere around there. And they were a, a failing company, um, a little company in, um, where were they, in uh, Culver City, and um, Culver City, California, and uh, they didn't know what to do. They were a, a newsletter company. They had 90, I may have been speaking out of turn here, but they had 90,000 addresses and they used to send newsletters to people and they they decided mm-hmm. they're losing money and they decided to turn those 90 million people into a kind of a chat portal thing and it ended up being MySpace and and uh, you know then they ended up selling it to Fox a couple of years later for uh, I don't know what it was like, like 500 million dollars or something so mm-hmm. what a well, nice nice ride they had very uh, prosperous for them um, but after they sold it, I don't like what, what the next people did with it. And a lot of us migrated over to Facebook because at the time, yeah. the word Facebook, it was like, I didn't even know what people were talking about, really. And I only had uh, I had a couple of friends that wanted me to actually go over to the other site because they, they, they liked, I guess, the linear more, uh, like, I guess, uh, now I know what I'm talking about. But what, well, MySpace, yeah, I forgot the name that quick. MySpace got a little bit slick. It looked like a magazine cover after a while, and nobody knew how to operate it. I couldn't find my friends at the time, you know, and my I couldn't find the yep. game I was playing. So that's what happened. So it turned out Facebook was a little more simpler. And uh, so that was cool. So now that I'm over here, 
And we do gripe because uh, we have run-ins with Facebook all the time for different reasons, you know, but it's still a, a wonderful way to contact one find. If I didn't have faith, you know, nobody's writing letters anymore. Isn't that a shame? I know. You're absolutely know. correct. Letters are But I wouldn't know anything. Apart. I wouldn't hear from anybody, but I hear from everybody. I see all the grandchildren and the children's pictures, all my friends, their families, and all my cousins. I have a zillion cousins and their families. I wouldn't ordinarily even be able to connect with them. But little by little, we're finding each other. And so it's uh, it's quite wonderful, um, you know, to find all these people and be found, really. Yes, and you have a good message to tell, and so I hope a lot of people do find you. And and you're right, um, Facebook certainly has changed that, and social media in, in general. I mean, they come and they go, and I'm sure Facebook will you know, go one day, just like MySpace yeah. was so popular. And then right after that was a thing called Friendster. I don't know if you ever heard I of that or not. About it. Yeah, I did. It was, it, it was again, yeah, it had hundreds of millions of users. And, uh, you know, and there'll be the new, whatever will come along, and something will come along and take Facebook's position. Not tomorrow, but, you know, it'll happen. But, um it's, in the meantime, it, it, the web, you know, in general, just allows us to to get our message out there, and that's what we. You're getting your message out there, and bless your heart, and I'm so happy you're doing thank it, you. and thank you, and, thank uh, you, you do a great job. So that's great. So um, in the last couple of minutes, uh, do you um, have anybody you want to do a shout out to, or um, any kind of message you want to leave our listeners with, and also? Give them your contact information. Of course, I thank you. I will do that. Let me, let me. If anybody in the audience um, wants to write any of this down, I'll kind of run through it. Uh, give you a second to get a, a pen and a paper. Um, can um, I, I can give you my? Um, let's see. First off, uh, we are. Um, our crowdfunding, and again, that's that's the site for the circle, the film, the circle. Our crowdfunding site is going to go live, and it's it's. Uh, give that one more time. It's the www. the circle film project. dot com. I encourage you to go on there. Um, again, it won't be live, and I, you know we're kind of announcing it in advance, but in, in about a week from now, it'll be live. Um, and you can go in there and look at all kinds of great rewards and participation that you can have in this project and have a lot of fun. You can be everything from an actor to a, uh, you know, executive producer. You can get a signed script. You can get pictures. You know, you can have dinner with the, you can go to the red carpet premiere in Hollywood or in New York. Uh, a lot of really fun things on there. Um, and then my web marketing company. If you want more information about web marketing, I know we've talked a lot about the web and maybe some of you guys have projects or products or you know, questions about it. Um, you can look at that at www um, one word onionheaddirect.com that's O N I O N 
H E A D D I R E C T dot com, Onion Head Direct. And my tagline there is for marketing that won't make you cry. And um, you can uh, reach me. Uh, I, I can even say, is it okay? Is Charlene, I give my email address? Is that, yes, of is course. That, okay. Uh, my email address is um, Don. Of course, you can go in through the site and, and you know go on there and contact me. Or it's Don, D-O-N, at American, that's with an N, D-R-T-V.com. So D-O-N at A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-D-R-T-V.com. That's David, Tom, Victor, Don, and American with an N, D-R-T-V.com. So if you have a question for me, um, suggestion, uh, please feel free to um, drop me a line. I love hearing what people have to say. I certainly appreciate everybody listening. I know, um, you know, there's a lot of things to do on a on a Fourth of July, including eat uh, barbecue and drink, um, you know, uh, chilled something or other iced teas. <laughs> so, but um, good. you know, we uh, we appreciate it. And I have some messages for you from Tiffany Grimmer. Congratulations to Mr. Don Baker and all of success, and I really look forward to the movie and the book. God bless you. And then we have, uh, she wants to play an alien in your movie. So, right. And then uh, Claudette Huber is actually saying, uh, what a wonderful guest, and uh, best wishes to your success, Don. And then she's been actually helping me with all the addresses, and uh, and she's putting down all your uh, Internet stuff and all the addresses you've been saying for everybody. And... Uh, then we we have a request for you to actually come uh, from Tiffany to come back after your book comes out, and that uh, they can't wait to read it. And we really appreciate all your information, and actually you being on the show. And please come back. Oh, Charlene, you're so Wasn't sweet. Wasn't that and nice? I thank your guests. Um, your uh, I'm sorry, I'm the guest. <laughs> Thanks to um, yes. the listeners. The listeners. It's so great. And, and if you want to share, by the way, if you want to share any information uh, about, you know, those uh, URLs, you know, on your social media or anything like that, we need help in promoting the project. So, uh, you know, we become a part of it. But thank you, Oh, that's really awesome. Thank you. thank you so much, Don Baker, and all the whole team, getting everybody a shout-out that all your hard work is coming to fruition. And we're so excited about seeing the circle and also your other, reading your book and everything else. So come back and uh, let us know when everything's done, and then we'll start over again. And uh, they're saying it's a big privilege to have listened to you and that uh, we really appreciate you very much. And also, all the information you gave us is so important because I know so many people that are trying to make good and are trying the hardest they can, and they don't have any resources. So you're an excellent resource for, for all of us. Well, thank you. Anything I can do to help? You know, I believe in giving because that's how you get. So that's what the universe is all about. Okay. Thank you so much, Don, and good night, and thank you for being on. And and you take care, and I will see you soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Charlene. Happy 4th. Okay, good Thank you. Thank you. And it's just been such a pleasure to to listen to Don Baker. And the show will be available uh, 
uh, right after an archive so you can listen to it again. And uh, I just want to tell everybody happy and blessed Fourth of July. And as we remember uh, that our why we are here and how we all came from different countries and that we're here to uh, be blessed with freedom and independence. And it was uh, it was, it was well fought and uh, sad and. You know, then our happiness is the freedom that that we enjoy here in America, and uh, God bless you. And I do, uh, my prayers are also going out to all those that are, you know, in trouble in this world, and all the stuff that's happening at the border, you know, I just, uh, I pray for the wisdom to, to actually, that it will all, uh, you know, somehow work itself out. You know, it's sad for me to watch since my grandparents were immigrants coming here from Greece, so... Uh, you know, I have that, that's what I have. So that's the current news going on. And I'm very well aware of it. I've stayed out of the controversy of it because um, I'm I'm immigrants uh, just both sides. I'm only, so uh, it's except for one side. That, well, they're immigrants too. They come over the Mayflower. So anyway, uh, anyway, so the guest is been superb. You know, as people in chat, I like to thank Claudette Humor. John Louis Francois, Tiffany Grimmer, and the people that were popping in and out, and my guests on the phone listening. I could see all the phone lines with the people just listening through their phones. We've got another alternative way to listen to our show. Now, we're going to talk about next week. Next week, I have an awesome person, and uh, her last name is Flattery. I saw her in person. She's from the U.K., and uh, she does past life regression and hypnotherapy and things like that. What's different about this girl, she is the real deal. You're going to love her. It's, uh, she's going to be on next week, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time and next Friday. Anyway, Ms. Flaherty is uh, also not only a past life regressionist. Uh, I was there when she was giving like a two-hour talk. It was so, so fascinating. She was talking about how... Because uh, I, I, everybody, okay, she asked the group of us, and so we were up there in, in uh, North Hollywood, uh, over at uh, Vaughn's for a soiree up there, which is really nice, and I want to thank them always. They got us up there. It's a wonderful uh, loft that we're, uh, we all head for. We listen to all these great listeners, uh, list speakers, I mean. But anyway, uh, she, uh, everybody, she asked the group, you know, who believes in reincarnation? And everybody raised their hand but me. And I just don't know. That's, that was the way I felt just before she was talking about it. I just don't know if there's reincarnation or anything like that. So what uh, happened was uh, she saw my hand, and then she began talking, and she was saying, the thing is is that we actually never disappear. At the quantum level, nobody is gone. Everybody's here. And you know what? As soon as she said got into quantum physics and was explaining all that to us, it made sense to me. So now I do believe in reincarnation, okay? So she's going to be talking about that next week, and she's also actually does future incarnation, something I'd never heard about, that who are you going to be in the future? Now, that's quite amazing. And she's also, uh, she works with doctors, and um, she's so interesting that she's, she's a healer. And uh, so she's working with doctors uh, side by side. Uh, she's, a, this, she's a licensed therapist, and she's also a beautiful person. So I was lucky enough to see her in person. So anyway, she's going to be our guest next week. So please tune in to listen to that because uh, there's some, um, I, I can't even uh, describe 
the awesomeness of this woman. She's so full of love. And, you know, um, I had to ask her a question. She said, she asked me, is there any questions for those who, uh, you know, who are here and this and that? And I did have a question. Is that why can't I be hypnotized? And um, I have been tried to get hypnosis. I've actually used it as some sort of relax, ther- a relaxation therapy. And uh, so this is, a, this is what happened. This is what she said, and it was very profound. And she said, well, as a hypnotherapist, you have to be willing to travel back with them. And I was stunned. You know, as part of therapy that we are taught, you have to be willing to open your heart to others and have positive regard for those you counsel. Now, this is the way I was trained. So uh, it's, uh, it's quite amazing that the answer that she gave is that the, ther- the hypnotherapists themselves have to be willing to go on that ride with you. And I think she's fearless and she's awesome. So it'll be next week, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I also want to thank again uh, Mr. Don Baker for being our excellent and informative uh, guest tonight. And he will come on as soon as all the things that he's involved in starts up, uh, uh, the movie The Circle, his new book, and everything else. It's been so exciting. And remember his startup um, uh, fundraiser and um, everything else that's going on. It's just so uh, exciting to be part of that. And uh, there's some, they are some very uh, cr- credible, honest, and um, awesome folks. So I've met with them personally and... Uh, uh, it's, I'm going to give you their information one more time. If you want to learn about what's behind the circle, is uh, D-Y-A-T-L-O-V-PASSPRODUCTIONS.COM, and that will tell you about the circle. And uh, it's a, watch the little film there about it. And then you can also reach uh, Don at www.onionheaddirect.com. You can also reach uh, and uh, go investigate uh, some things he's involved in, www.americandrtv.com. And I wish you all very well. Love you guys. Happy Fourth. Have a safe one. Don't get too close to the sparklers and boost yourself. Love you guys so much. And um, I just want to tell you that all is well. You take care. And God bless you. Bye-bye. Here's a little bit of music. I'm going to tell you just how beautiful this night in July, 4th of July, is so beautiful. Balmy here, I know you're having some issues on the West Coast, and uh, I'm batting down the hatches, and uh, my prayers are with you, and um, I love this girl. Anyway, good night all.